Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. Winners of the Audi Trophy kicking <laughs> off the season in style. Welcome to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport. I've been joined by Last Word on Spurs. I'm Charlie Hawkins. In the studio tonight, Ricky Sachs, John Wenham, and newcomer, Ed Richardson. Glad to have you with us, Ed. Hopefully, maybe you can be on my side because John and Ricky, they can be quite fierce at times. Of course, today, <laughs> the transfer window closed. We are going to be looking towards Aston Villa, the first game in a premiership season. But we have to start with the transfer window because I'm assuming, Ricky, you can let the farms have a rest because you've been oh. tweeting all day, I imagine. Tottenham have been linked with every player under the sun. But we said last week we needed to get more faces in. We needed to have a few more additions. Are you all pleased with Tottenham's business now the transfer window has closed? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I am absolutely knackered. Can't be honest with you, I'm, I'm looking forward now to a break. I promised my wife a trip away to Rome. She's going to get the trip away to Rome now because I'm Not absolutely... Not before the first game, Rick. Really. No, after the first game, don't worry. After an international break, she's going to get her trip, but I'm absolutely knackered. But I'm delighted by the business. I think if you ask me to give it a rating out of 10, I'd probably say 8 out of 10 at the moment, if I'm being honest, because we still don't quite know, you know, with that foreign window open, if the likes of Danny Rose are going to move on, if Toby Adavira could still leave the club. But I I think when you look at the fact that Pochettino has nailed his two primary targets in this window with Tony and Bele and Giovanni Lachelle, so he's chased them really from the very start of the summer. Daniel Levy has delivered both of them, and Ryan Session has been a target for Tottenham for God knows how long. I'm sure John can confirm it as well. He's been on long-term Spurs targets, so to get those three over the line, Jack Clark's a young player, has gone back out on loan to Leeds, big for the future. And of course, we had the links, who can forget, to uh, Paolo Dybala and Philip Coutinho, where me and John were sitting there the other night saying, well, if they pull these two off, then God, what's it going to be like? So we had the carrot dangled in front of us. <laughs> but I think overall, when you look at what Tottenham have done, I think 
it's good enough now for me to say, yeah, they're going to be nailed on for top four again. At the moment, I'm not 100% sure whether it leaves Tottenham in the place where they can seriously challenge for the Premier League just yet. Well, it is very difficult to say how well we've done in this transfer window because when you look at the players that you were linked with and we always see, when we see that carrot being dangled of what we can have and then when you look at what you do have, you think, oh, have we had a great window? But if you would have said then, Ricky, 8 to 10, this transfer window, you've got to be pleased with 8 out of, out of 10. John, do you agree? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it has been a really successful window if you look at it from a, you know, if you forget yesterday, basically. That's, that's the true story. I mean, <laughs> yesterday happened and I was talking about jumping all over my desks at work. There was going to be a party atmosphere. I'll be honest, I'm just glad you didn't sign him just to see that. Yeah. Oh, that would have gone viral. That would, yeah, that would have That would have took last word on Spurs to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> that's the signing they needed. 100%. So, yeah, you know, but th- th- then when I look at it more from a serious level, I think to myself, we've kept all our star players. We've not lost Alderweireld yet. We've not lost Ericsson. We've not lost Danny Rose. We've not lost those that have been linked away. And to be honest with you, if you said to me now, would I rather Christian Eriksen on the proviso that he signs a new long-term contract or Paolo Diabala or Philippe Coutinho, I would pick Christian Eriksen. It's about having continuity with this club. This is a player that's proven success in the English Premier League, delivers season after season. And to be honest with you, to keep Eriksen, adding Tango and Dembele, adding Le Celso, I mean, they are two proper elite-level players. And then adding two young English you know, future potential wonder kids at the moment and hopefully develop into full internationals in Ryan Sessegnon and Clark. You know, I think it's been a really successful window. Well, John, when you put it like that, it does seem like the future's bright, the future's rosy. Ed, do you agree? Completely agree with the other two. Um, no, I know that's a bit boring for radio, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would go along with uh, Ricky. Eight out of ten, definitely. I think for Poch to go out and the, and the club, identify that target and end on Bele, get him much earlier on in the window. Obviously, we all got very excited yesterday with uh, Coutinho and Dybala, but really, I think... Poch has kind of earned this, really. The squad needed a refresh. Um, no signings last summer. This this could be the good, really, the injection we needed. I think Sessegnon will bring youth, but a lot of pace and width as well. Um, and I think that's going to be quite important for us as the season progresses. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really pleased. Transfer news, as we know, is crazy. We've got a first as fans for any news. We get very excited, all speculation. What makes you think that, What you think that? We do have to sometimes just, let's not get carried away. You know, Gary Lineker was tweeting, look, 95% of rumours you're going to hear aren't going to be true. The business isn't going to get over the line. We hear about the Bala. Then we mentioned the manager was on the phone. They've got a connection. <laughs> He's called him. He said, look, we're friends. We've worked together before. Let's get him over the line. Then it, does ha- it doesn't happen. It is hard, but... Our Tottenham, they have become so big that agents now, because I think a little part of this, agents are mentioning Tottenham to get their player a better move or getting better wages at their own clubs, whereas, oh, Tottenham are linked, new stadium. And this is what Tottenham have, it's almost bad for fans, but you're being used almost as bait for players' own motives, aren't they? That's a spot-on point, Chaz. I do agree with you. Tottenham now are... Iring and operating in a completely different level to where they ever have been before. And that's why I think the market now for Tottenham is just so difficult because Spurs are used to you know, being a team a couple of years ago, you know, top five and looking at players that may improve the squad. But now Tottenham, what they're trying to do is they're looking at a market that is so difficult to find players that are going to take them to the very next level that they're not 100% sure that with the likes of the Chelsea and Bruno Fernandes who've been linked with, are these players going to take Tottenham to the next level? And I understand John's point about keeping Christian Eriksen, but for me, the biggest concern was that if Spurs didn't go out and buy the Chelsea, didn't go out and buy maybe a Bruno Fernandes. If you're keeping a player in Christian Eriksen, that for me at the moment when I watch him play, I don't feel the commitments are 100%. 
it's not great for the dressing room and you want players that are going to be there committed from day one. You want every single player to go into that Aston Villa game wanting to play for Tottenham, you know, feeding the energy around that dressing room. And I just think at the moment now, everyone is on a high. You can't help now. The window's, window's closed and Jason always says to me, back the manager. Well, I think now the case is now. We're going to back the manager. He's delivered some of his targets, Daniel Levy. You've got to say that, you know, to he's get him mm-hmm. We're he's, not backing the manager. Yeah, he's been back. He's been back to a degree. I mean, my only disappointment, as I said, is that the club haven't gone out and got a right back. But, you know, what Jamie has said on this show in the past, that it was never, ever all going to be done over one window. So we've got to give the man time. And I think the squad is looking its looking quite decent now, isn't it, John? Yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with the depth in the squad and, and the quality we've got now across the pitch. You're looking at those midfield... I'm just looking at cams now. So you've got Christian Eriksen, Deli Ali, or Lachelso that can play in that role. I mean, now three absolute elite-level players. I mean, obviously, Lachelso is untested in English football, but he's played for PSG and did really well. Betis last year, I believe, scoring 16 goals from midfield. Dominated in the Europa League. So I'm really, really happy with that signing. And the fact that he's on loan as well. I mean, that's incredible business by Tottenham. Tottenham have now got the chance to look at the player for a season. And if he's good, we've got that obligation to buy him. And if he's not good... He's going back. So I, I'm delighted about that. Nothing gets past you, John. You wanted Ericsson <laughs> to stay. You wanted signings. You got both. I'm delighted to say we're also joined by Brock now, all the way from the United States. You boys, you do have a fan base. Brock, you're talking a little bit about Tottenham's transfer window. Ricky said 8 out of 10. Would you have to agree with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, uh, personally. Um, <clears throat> you know, first and foremost, I just want to say that uh, I'm happy to be a patron of this show. Um, loved the pod last night. First off, and um, any of the listeners who aren't involved yet, I strongly su- uh, suggest you guys to get involved if you haven't. Um, but uh, as far as transfers, yes, uh, eight out of ten I would say as well. Maybe eight and a half for me. Um, one of the things I think the whole Dybala links late in the window have kind of soured what has been a fantastic window, I think. Um, the only thing that I would say is I wish we would have maybe gone for a right back, but. I mean, yeah. if you're considering Foyt a right back, you know, with that gives us three, and there hasn't been any departures, so it doesn't really make any sense to bring one in at the current time. Um, so, but I mean, as the the summer as a whole, I think has been fantastic, and um, truthfully, I think it's been a massive step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, Brock, thanks for calling. Uh, thanks for calling to the show. I agree with you. That's been my only disappointment. To be really, really maybe critical or harsh, it's that Spurs haven't gone out and addressed the right-back area. At the moment, with Foyf, I know many are telling me, don't worry, Foyf will play there. But we have to make this point that one Foyf is not a recognised fullback. He's played there for Argentina. You know, he's, you know, four or five games there, but it doesn't mean to say he's going to just, you know, be fully emerged into that role and can be a top-class right back in the Premier League. Yes, we've got the fullback whisperer in Maurizio Pochettino. We'll back him on that, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but there's still a lot of work to do when, you know, it's at the start of the Premier League and you're putting players in where it's unforgiving. You haven't got the chance to experiment. And that's my argument with like someone like Sesson Young, who we know at the moment is injured, that, you know, when you haven't got a prison to work with these players to, you know, coach the philosophy and adapt to the way Maurizio wants to play them, that these players are essentially, I don't know if you agree with me, they're going to be kind of learning on the job. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Ricky. Um, I think that's that would be a minor, mild concern, particularly with 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 Sessignon. There's not been that integration period in the pre-season, but I really agree with um, with Brock's point. I think it's been a really good window, but the one area, the kind of Achilles heel, if you like, is right back. Obviously, we've seen Foyth in the Copa America, what he can do there. He seems to have done it reasonably well, but I don't. I mean, we've got nut depth there in numbers. But I don't think Poch really trusts any of them. You know, we've got obviously Carl Walker-Peters, 
still probably a way off being a first, well, a long way off being a first team regular. And I don't think Serge Aurier has ever really kind of cut the mustard for us really at all. So um, I think that, you know, hopefully we can find a, a creative solution there. And as you say, Poch has a good record at, at you know, finding a pragmatic solution at fullback. Brock, I just want to say as well, thank you for calling the show. What part of the States are you calling from? Uh, I'm from Ohio. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for being a patron of the show. We really appreciate your support. Oh, thank you. No worries, Brock. Thanks for calling in. I'm sure we will speak to you soon. Brock there, he says uh, 8.5 out of 10. So he's even gone one better than you, Rick. He's delighted with a window. Last week, there was some division between uh, Spurs fans. Were they happy with the window? Were they? And now all Spurs fans. I know the window's only just closed, but are we on the same page going into the new season? Listen, in the words of Jason McGovern, back the manager. (laughs) I think we all are going to now. Listen, the window is shut. And I always said, when that window shuts, you have to now get behind the team. There's no point to sit and moan about who we can have who we couldn't have had. Yeah, we're going to discuss it now tonight because we're just wrapping up the window. But I think overall, listen, it's now the time to work with the squad that Maurizio's got and see how we get on. I mean, it's still a very good squad, isn't it, John, on paper? Yeah, on paper, it's a fantastic squad. I mean, the fact that we, I keep saying we haven't lost any of our key players. Yes, we lost some players. We lost Eutripias, Vorm, Janssen, Llorente, but... These aren't players that are going to be pushing us if we want to challenge with Liverpool and City, as you were saying. Without being disrespectful, John, for a squad to get better and take that next step, sometimes, without sentiment, you are going to have to get rid of some players, cut some players, and if Tottenham do want to move on, I don't want to be disrespectful and say Deadwood, because they're not, but if we're talking about the elite Spurs, and these are the marquee players we want to sign, we're going to have to make sacrifices somewhere, and... I don't want to say a massive loss, but they're going to be your ideal players to be cut, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And I think there was a few more that could have gone as well. Slightly disappointed Victor Wanyama wasn't moved on. George's Kevin and Kudu. Sir Aurier, in my opinion. So there's still work to be done. And with that European window open until the 31st, I expect some more to go. Well, there will be some, obviously, big transfer stories. We've not covered them all yet. We are going to be talking about them all. Next, we've spoke about the incomings. Who else could have added for Spurs? Talking about it after the break. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport with me, Charlie Hawkins. I've been joined by the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, John Wenham and Ed Richardson. We were just talking about the transfer window has closed. Spurs did make some signings, maybe not the rafter names they was mentioned, but they're pleased with their business. 8.5 out of 10. We're going to go with the 8.5 out of 10. I'm delighted now to say we've also got Callum on the line talking a little bit about the transfer window. Callum, we did get those few signings in. How pleased are you with the window? Uh, I'd probably say I'm about a seven, seven and a half at the moment. Callum, we're trying to go upwards. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me of the Dybala um, situation as Berahino a couple of summers ago. It become a saga that was a pain in the backside. <laughs> C- C- Callum, on that, you know, Berahino, I believe today has been released and, and Glenn Johnson's basically destroyed his future career in one moment. But... Um, yeah, and you know, I, I agree with you on Berahino. I mean, that, that was that tedious summer and Leandro De Mayo before that. Um, but, you know, Diabala is, is a really top-class player. And I think just putting ourselves in there of a shot, if that could have come off, that would have been a real difference maker for me. Unfortunately, it didn't. But, you know, are you pleased with, it, with the signings like Sessegnon and Jack Clark for the future? I've always rated Sessegnon, to say the least. I've watched him from when he was younger. I mean, I probably... I think I saw his Fulham debut at 16. Wow, and okay. it it's surprising how he overtook his brother in terms of how he was because obviously his brother was the better one to start off with and then he got injured and then Sessegnon just took over and kind of went forward so I've always been a big fan of him Uh, Jack Clark I haven't seen too much of though to be honest yeah I'm quite surprised you mentioned 
This has Nyon's other brother. I'm quite surprised Stephen didn't join the club as well. He was heavily linked with the club. Um, and I thought that would have come as a double deal, but that, that hasn't come off for whatever reason. And young Jack Clark, I mean, he did really well for Leeds last season. He's, he's only 19. I'm a little bit worried about his game time so far. Obviously, he wasn't included. He didn't make it onto the pitch on the weekend. He was a sub. But the fact they've got someone like Heldair Costa, who's got so much Premier League experience as a sub Leeds, I mean, I'm struggling where Jack Clark's going to get the minutes this season. Well, that's the problem. Obviously, they've just gone out and got that person from the people down the road that we don't like to name as Eddie well. Eddie Nketiah, uh, yeah, next, good player. Yeah, good player, but uh, obviously um, from the wrong club. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did make so. two signings on deadline day, Callum. Uh, Ricky said there you still need a right-back, but, you know, sometimes you have to think about what you have got in. Are you pretty pleased overall about the business? Because even Jamie mentioned on last week's show, it can't all be done in one window, can it? I was going to say, you're looking at suits, free windows, get Pochettino's right projects that he wants for the next stage. Have Tottenham so back, back the manager, Callum? Have they backed him enough? I would, they've backed him enough for this window. We'll soon see over the season whether it follows on. Really appreciate your call, Callum. Callum calling us in there on the last word on Spurs. Again, not so much division this week. Tottenham fans are pleased with the window. I just want to quickly talk about the names that you were linked with. I worried at one point. I thought Tottenham were just playing a ratio game on Tinder, trying to match with everyone and see who was going to come back. You know, just look, we'll throw it out there. We'll swipe right on every player. We've got to play a numbers game here, boys. What was going on? Can I be honest with you? When I saw that Dabala transfer potentially going through... I did think to myself, I mean, me and John were recording a show the night before. It never really felt ease to me going in with 24 hours to go on that kind of deal. It reminded me so much of the Moutinho transfer where mm. you're trying to achieve a deal there where there is implications like, you know, when we had Moutinho trying to get that over the line, it was the co-ownership. With Dybala, you had the issue over the player rights and trying to agree personal terms. I think when you're trying to do these transfers, these need to be done at the very start of the summer, not with 24 hours to go, because it's, I don't think, possible to get those kind of deals done that late. Ed, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, the, the Moutinho one is what I've had in my mind all of today, really, thinking about this Dybala thing. Is it on? Is it off? Is it going to be a loan deal? The image rights seem to have been a sort of deal breaker. Um, but, you know, I, I think to Callum's point on the line, you know, I think we, you know, you've got, if you're pot, you've got to be pleased. You've, you have been backed. We've had two windows prior to this with no incomings. You've gone out, you've identified targets. You know, the end on Bele one was, you know, was, was great. You know, the, a lot of other big European clubs were after him. We've gone out there, identified a target. I, you know, got a, re, you know, basically a really almost like for like replacement for Dembele. Um, so that's got to be seen as positive, I think. Also, John, I'm sure you can elaborate a little bit more on this, but it's not just as simple as agreeing a transfer fee, sorting out the personal terms. Now, we've seen it with the Dybala deal, image rights, and that these are another things. And if you are left with 24 hours to get this done, it's not as simple as no. just getting it over the line, is it? But as fans, we're like, why can't we get this deal done? Yeah, not at all. As you alluded to, there's a whole array of people behind the scenes we don't know about, your agents, lawyers, uh, other people who work in the backgrounds of clubs. So there's a whole army of people you have to get these deals through with. And one point I'll just call up with what Ricky mentioned earlier about, you know, sometimes with players like Dybala, why don't we go for these earlier? I think if they were available earlier in the window, 
you do run the risk of other big clubs gazumping you in a position top room with the wages. And sometimes, like with the Rafa van der Vaart transfer, you have to just be there at the right time and push things through. Sometimes you forget about your medical or you forget about you know, getting good references on the player's background. You just have to put your money up, get the deal done, and it's like a game of poker. You see what you get. Well, John, it's very interesting you mentioned the Dybala deal then because we have Rupin online, first-time caller. Welcome to Last Word on Spurs. The Dybala deal didn't quite happen. It was left it quite late, 24 hours ago, Rupin. What did you think? Hi, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, before I go, actually, I just wanted to take just a few seconds to say thank you to Last Word on, on Spurs and Ricky Sachs. Like, up until about a month or so ago, me, my friends, my family have been like Spurs supporters for 30 plus years. We didn't even know who you guys were. You know, we saw you guys on Twitter. I've been spreading, like, you've got to follow these guys. I didn't go to bed till 3 a.m. last night following Ricky's notification. <laughs> and it was just like mental. And it's like, you know what? Historically, as football fans, you sit there, you know, with Sky Sports News, Talk Sport, trying to like wait for that 30 second snippet in a 60 minute show about your club. But you guys are like keeping us closer to the transfer window, anything that's happening with our club. And I just wanted to say thanks. Not, not to be dismissive of anyone else, but Ricky. I was in the process of writing you a tweet earlier and the characters weren't enough. So I was going to DM you just to say cheers, mate. Like, oh, my, friend. my friends and family have been like push notifications <laughs> on. The battery's been on like 10% for the last 48 hours. It's been mental. So I just wanted to say thank you, guys. Oh, uh, you're very kind. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to replay this back to my wife later on and then show <laughs> her it was all worth it. I mean, insane. No, listen, it's good to know people are out there at two or three in the morning thinking I'm not that too nuts to be doing it. But um, I can't thank you enough for the very kind words. No, thanks, thanks for bringing us a part of it. My, my question was two-part, um, and it was firstly just to say, like, you know, a bit like the previous callers, like, happy with the signings. You know, obviously, the last 24 hours with the Dybala and Coutinho angles obviously got us very hyped. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if these our coaches targets have been identified from previous and they've been met, then, you know, in Poch we trust. If he's happy, then I'm happy. So for me, I'd say seven. But if Maurizio's happy, it's a 10 for me. Like, if he's got what he thinks to take us to the next level, then so be it. But my main question was around Dybala. Like, obviously, you know, you watch our rivals in the other top five, six teams over the last 15, 20 years going out and getting that big marquee signings, you know. I'm talking like, I don't know, Drogba, Van Nistelrooy, Aguero, Suarez, you know, those type of players that you know are going to help you win trophies, and they've done that. And that's, I think, as Spurs fans, we thought with the Dybala potential signing could elevate us to that next level because I've never felt this kind of feeling since maybe a name like Van der Vaart was dropped or even like lower than that, and, Ed, and Edgar Davids, you know, a name that wanted to come to the lane to take us there. So the question is, guys, sorry, I've rambled on a bit. Had we started this process two, four, six weeks earlier in the transfer window, so obviously Levy's notoriously, you know, slow with negotiating, tactile, leaving it late. Do you guys on the panel think that if we'd have learnt from our mistakes and started this process maybe a month earlier, could we be announcing Dybala today if not earlier in the window? I mean, potentially, yes. Um, obviously, there would have been a much more of a lead-in time. Uh, there would have been a lot, uh, far longer to iron these kind of issues out. But as John says it's you know football transfers it's a it's a funny business and there you know yeah. there could be other there could have been other players coming in in for him you don't know quite how the market would have moved um so yeah i mean yeah, potentially um but i 
even without Dybala or, or Coutinho, the other name mentioned, I still think, you know, in the, in the forward areas we have, you know, we've got good depth, really. Um, I don't know. What do you think, John? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the players like the pre-season, they've had Eric Lamella, uh, Lucas Moura. I mean, these are players that are all going to be battling to get into that first team 11. I think we've got such strength in depth now in those sort of attacking players just behind where Harry's going to play. Um, who, who do you think Rupin's going to be playing behind Kane on, on Sunday, or Saturday? I think it's going to be like either, I think, I don't know, obviously Ali's out now, but I think, you know, Son, Son's the obvious choice. Son's uh, suspended as well, isn't he, for the, for the first two oh, games? Of course he is, the yeah. first two games, you're right. Yeah, sorry. Um, I don't know, we'll have to maybe give Ericsson the number 10 role, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, got, I've got no fear in that. I think, Christian, yeah. if the fans get behind him, let's, let's get, you know, while he's with yeah. us, I have applaud all the fans to get 100% behind Christian Eriksen. Let's sing his name. Let's try and get him to sign a new contract and stay at this wonderful football club. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. But I will say on my my closing point, so I've probably had more airtime than I've warranted. I do get what you're saying about pre-season with Mora and Lamella. Lamella's had a couple of decent pre-seasons for us in the past, but hasn't featured. Sure, he's been injured. But even with Lucas, you know, look at what happened in Ajax in the second leg when we, you know, with his hat-trick. Poch still didn't give him a chance. And I feel that, going back to the Dybala point, it's almost like you need someone that's going to genuinely challenge Harry or support him because even with Kane coming back from that long injury for the final, you know, debate about whether he was ready or not, I always feel like Poch's mindset is going to be to start Kane. And I love Kane for bits, but it's like, I just feel like, yes, we do have this other quality that surrounds our attacking options, but those same names are easily dropped like a hat, you know, including Deli Ali. You know, so I get what you're trying to say, but I feel like maybe we're not as strong as we think. I agree I with you. Know. I think that's always been the issue for me is that with Harry, he's never really had genuine competition to challenge him. I think Spurs have always tried to find a player that would be happy to sit on that Agreed. bench. And, you know, Diabala would have given Spurs the opportunity to either play him alongside Kane or genuinely be a challenger for Harry's spot. So that's maybe an area to look at again in a future window. But right now, I think it's time to work with the squad we've got. Rupin, thanks for your call. We really appreciate it. And thanks for joining us on Love Sport. Rupin there. First time caller, another one. Proud of last word on Spurs, as they all are. You just touched upon it there, John. You said, Ericsson, he has stayed. We have to get behind him now. Whatever. He's here for the season. Ricky, you're not happy with that. You're frowning. I'm going to come to you next. But if he is here, John, I do agree. We have to get behind him 100%. But... The, the pitfall of that is we don't want to get behind him for a year and then he leaves on a free and you put all that effort into supporting him. But the bottom line is support whoever puts on that shirt, isn't it? Yeah, and what other option have we got? What, we don't get behind him, we're negative towards him and he definitely goes. Or we get behind him, we get behind the team and we put ourselves in with a chance of him renewing his contract. Look, if Christian Eriksen, he wants, if he wants to go, I suspect now he will wait until January. He'll see what offers are out there in January. He'll potentially sign a lucrative pre-contract, probably with Juventus. Look at the history. Speaks for itself. Um, you know, and he'll get the money he wanted then or get that move to Real Madrid that he wants. But, you know, for me personally, he's with us now. Let's get behind Christian Eriksen. He's a top draw player and I'm looking forward to him delivering some big performances. Uh, listen, Joe, I totally agree with what you're saying, but my only concern with Eriksen is that I just feel his head's already away from Tottenham. I think he's, he's already made his money. He doesn't want to be there. I think that's the reason why Spurs were pursuing the central attacking midfield options that like they were with Luchelso, with Fernandes, because they are in fear that Eriksen wants to go and he wants to go in this particular window where with the foreign window and what I'm referring to is that I think he will get his move I honestly believe he'll probably end up getting a move to Atletico Madrid that's what I feel they've lost Griezmann it would make sense for him to go there but I look at it from the other case and if he does stay till January it's also an element of you're saying the fans got to get behind him he's also got to play well and my only argument with Ericsson over this last six months is I don't think I've seen enough of him to be 
really sure does he deserve a, okay does he deserve a starting place over a player like Lachelso that actually genuinely wants to now play for the club that would be my only question or do you think they can play together I think they can play together. Lachelso can play a little bit deeper as well. He's got the flexibility to play as a, a 10, 8 or a 6 from what, what I've seen him play. Um, my point is on that is that, for me personally, the fact that Lachelso only signed today, you know, the next few days he's going to be sorting out visas, house, moving his family over mm. if he's got a young family. Yep. Um, so he's not going to be in a shout of playing on Saturday, I don't believe. I just think it's too soon. He might yep. get on the bench just to give a bit of morale boost in and, and that sort of stuff. But I think Saturday behind Kane, you're going to be looking at Lamella and Lucas as absolute certainties with Son and Ali out. And then I'm going for Ericsson to fill that number 10 spot. Well, Ericsson could be on his way out. He might be staying. He's definitely here for this season. Another name who could be on his way out is Danny Rose. Where will he end up next? Now, John, I'm not sure if you've come across it. This new advertisement, The Athletic, obviously there's a subscription to the company's complete football content library. Uh, a lot of sports content based in the US as well. And I think there's some we know there quite well in the terms of the Tottenham terminology. In Jack Pickbrook, I understand you've exchanged messages with Jack in the past in relation to, obviously, he's now moved across to The Athletic. Yeah, Jack, Jack's a really, really good journalist. He knows a lot of people at Tottenham. A lot of people respect him in the industry. Um, so I think it's a real coup for The Athletic to get someone of Jack's ability on board. Um, and I, for one, have already signed up for The Athletic. I understand if you sign up at the moment, there's a 50% off subscription uh, fee. So it comes to around $2.49 a month. It's, it seems like a really, really exciting uh, thing to support, get involved with journalism, and, and they've got the top of their field behind them. Yeah, I mean, with The Athletic itself, I think what they're trying to kind of gear towards is the best coverage of your club. With, like you said, you know, a world-class team of writers. I mean, it's completely ad-free. No ads, no annoying pop-ups. I mean, John, this does kind of seem like the way to go forward now. I'm sure a lot of journalists will be looking at the Athletic wanting to get the opportunity to move there. That's an opportunity down the line. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the people they've picked for their specific clubs, you've got Jack with Tottenham. I know you've got Hay with Leeds, who's the top, Phil Hay is the top Leeds journalist. So it's people in the know at those clubs they've managed to secure. And that makes it a really exciting thing for fans to get behind. Yeah, I agree. Now... Just for exclusive, for last word on Spurs listeners, we do have a promo running. So if you go to the website of theathletic.co.uk forward slash last word, that will start a 30-day free trial and also you'll receive 50% off your yearly subscription of £2.50 per month. So I'm going to say that again. If you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash last word that will start your 30 day free trial where you'll receive 50% off your yearly subscription and John like you said you've already signed up to the content that's right Ricky I was really really excited about you know some of the top journalists and for me personally supporting journalists if they're they're delivering the best in the field then that's something I want to get behind this is love sport you're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport with me, Charlie Hawkins. I've been joined with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, John Wenham and Ed Richardson. We was just talking about players coming in, players going out. Ed, I want to ask you a question now because Spurs have been linked with a lot of players. Dybala, we know. And was he going to come, wasn't he? And I know it's not a consolation for fans when you don't get a player, but is it nice just to be in the mix? Because maybe a few years ago, people said United are in for him, City are in for him, Chelsea are in for him. Now, all the players are linked with Tottenham all right, we didn't get that player, but we're the ones that are being linked. The players, all right, some might come, some might not, but it's us, Tottenham, we're the talked about club. Is that a consolation? I think, yeah, up to a point. Um, I mean, clearly that's a function of the, you know, the, the, the really good league performance in the last few years, consistent top four finishes, Champions League football, greater profile there. 
obviously the ground is amazing, the training facilities, all of these things. There's still always those kind of niggling disappointments, really, because I think we have the kind of scars on our back from, <laughs> from you know, Moutinho and even going further back. Damiel. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and even, you know, there were even some of the more wild rumours of the sort of early mid-noughties of Rival your Rivaldo's on his way to White Marientes. Exactly. Um, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> Legend. It's, it's good to see us kind of being properly linked with people and... I think, you know, some of that momentum is positive, but there's still some sort of nickeling disappointment, I think. Well, we're also delighted to say we do have another caller. Callers galore tonight. Our next caller is Shuban from Enfield. Shuban, we're really delighted to get you on. Are you pleased with the transfer window? Oh, yeah, I'm really chuffed. I mean, we've made some signings. They fit in with the Poch philosophy. And, yeah, I mean, we, can't, we couldn't get everyone we wanted, but I don't think, I, I can't think of any, any club that's got everyone they wanted. So, yeah. Shuban, out, out of the four signings we've made, who are you most excited by and why? That's what I'm asking you guys, actually. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me personally, it'll be Tanguy Ndombele. I feel like it was a, a, we really seized an opportunity to get in. With some of Europe's biggest clubs, Man United were going through some situations with Paul Pogba and maybe didn't want to invest in a similar player. Chelsea obviously had the transfer ban. They couldn't move for him. So I just felt like all the doors opened at the right time and Tottenham Hotspur leapt on a world-class player. And I just can't wait to see him pulling on the, the Lily White shirt at White Hart Lane on Saturday. Like I said, for me, for me, the biggest signing will be if, um, hopefully, if Ericsson decides to stay. I mean, he's such a talented class player, and he's he's been like player of the season or, or, or contender for the last four or five years. He's been so consistently good, and if we can convince him to stay, then you know that'd be great. But you know, hopefully, we'll you know give you know, our fans will be supporting him and you know giving him you know loads of support when he, if, he, if he plays on Saturday and um, going throughout the season, and hopefully, he'll be professional throughout. Shuban, you mentioned there you're delighted that Ericsson stayed. Eastan, John said we have to get behind the player. Ricky's shaking his head as I mentioned <laughs> this, but we have to give him 100% support. He is playing for that badge. Do you believe in, do you agree with John, shall I say? Do we have to give him that support? Well, I think it could be a lot worse. You can have like Omakriyansa Travessa, like Neymar, who's basically saying, if I don't get my way, you think I'm in trouble now? You have no idea what I'll do next. So he's been really professional. He just said, look, I fancy a new challenge. I might want to play in Spain or in Italy, so, and he hasn't done a, you know, a he will never be named, saying, like, I'm never going to leave the club, I'm never going to join XYZ, so, yeah, as long as he wears, you know, wears our colours and he's going out on the pitch, you give him 120%, but that's just my opinion. Sorry, Rick. I mean, I think on, on Ericsson Tubin, and we've, we've touched on this earlier as well, um, Ricky is kind of leaning one way and John the other. I'm, I must say I'm a bit on the fence, and I can see both sides of it, because I think Ricky's right in the last six months, I don't think Ericsson's really been at the top of his game. But then if you look to the, particularly our league season in the, in, in the Premier League, the last six months of that, I don't think anybody was particularly good. Um, uh, Musa, Musa. Yeah, that's true, Musa. But I don't, overall, I think there were a number of kind of subpar performances in the, in the squad generally. At the same time, if we do lose Ericsson or if he does go, you know, I think potentially it's an opportunity maybe for Deli Ali to sort of step up and occupy that space there. So that's maybe he could potentially grow into that space. So, I, you know, I could see downsides and upsides if, if Ericsson does move on. Yeah, I and mean, plus Deli, Lamella, Lucas, Lacelso. I mean, I think one of the reasons we signed, he can play the number 10. So as well as being a number eight, gives us that. He gives us options because last season through injury or just from bad form like Wanyama, he's never, you know, he's never shown that form he had in his first season with us. You know, we, we were really struggling centre midfield, and we bolstered that. So, you know, 
it's all, I don't think you'll always plug every single hole unless you're fixed your PSG. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Happy, I'm Rick isn't too happy, yeah. <laughs> happy is the term of the day. Shubin, cheers for calling. We really appreciate you there. This is the last word on Spurs. Spurs fans seem happy. It's a different story from last week. We've touched upon Ericsson. Let's quickly talk Wanyama then because he's another one that's been mentioned. He could have left today. Apparently, there were no takers. For me, from an outside perspective, John's has said there, shock, mad shock. I really like Wanyama as a player. If we're talking about pushing on, you need a squad, a massive squad, a squad with depth, a lot of games. You're in Europe Cup competitions. Is he not Cutting the mustard, as was earlier put. John, I'm going to agree with John on that point. I do think I think he's only played about 31 games in the last couple of seasons. I don't think he's now at a level where he's good enough for the squad. Even if I'm being honest with you, Jazz, I think it's difficult. One Yama, back when he was a, a, a decent player, when he, when he first came to the has club, has he had a fair crack at the whip? Rick? No, he's definitely had a fair crack at the whip. I just think Spurs have evolved now as a football club. If you're being honest with me, Chaz, I think mm. now Tottenham are at a different level in terms of the players that they're bringing in, where they want to go, and I feel like we've just kind of overtaken players like Wanyama no offence to him and I was surprised it didn't go I mean do you think John there's any opportunity for him to go with the foreign window still open I don't know where he's going to go to be honest with you the clubs he's played for the last decade you're looking at Celtic Southampton Tottenham I mean personally I would love him to be moved on I think he's really surplus to requirements I've got three principal issues with Wanyama still being at the club firstly it's the injury situation he's mm. always always injured last season there was a time we really needed him to step up when we lost Eric Dyer when Moussa Dembele was sold in January and he just was nowhere to be seen no. and then I remember the game it came on against Ajax and we were leading at this point or we just turned it round and you know, he, he was so pondersome and slow in the midfield and they were just sort of waiting to jump on him and take the ball off him. I just think he's a complete liability now. And my third issue with him is that any minutes he's getting, he's blocking the progression of Oliver Skip. And that's something I've got a real issue with. I think Oliver Skip's a fantastic young player and I don't want any potential minutes he could be having being swallowed by Wanyama. John, tell us how you really feel about Victor. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he reminds me of the Titanic. He's like a big sinking ship. What about Lorenzo? We're putting that comparison up there. <laughs> legend. Legend of the game, Ed. I mean, I think... I think it. I think it's a shame, really, what's happened with Wanyama. I, you know, I think he, to be honest, ultimately he has had a fair crack of the whip. Um, he's had his chances, and he just kind of just kept breaking down. Really, it is a shame though. If you go back to January 2017, um, the big game against Chelsea, Conte's Chelsea, they were on an incredible roll, and he just dominated the, mid mm. the midfield in that game. He really was all over them. But really, in the last two, two and a half years, there's not been a lot there. And we do have a lot of options in that position now. Endombele, uh, Winks, Sissoko, Eric Dyer, hopefully coming back to fitness this year. So I'm not, I wouldn't be sorry to see him go. Well, they're not sorry to see him go. Maybe a move in January might appear. We're delighted now to say we've also got Josh on the line from Hertfordshire. Josh, thank you for calling us. The boys are happy in the studio. It is the theme of the show. 8.5 out of 10. Are you pleased with the transfer window business? Yeah, of course I'm pleased. <laughs> I think um, we've had some really good signings this season. I think statement signings as well. I think signings we wouldn't have made three, four years ago. And now it feels like we should have made them, which I think is good. Obviously, there's room for improvement. You know, we could obviously, you know, with the um, the right wing, uh, the right back situation and Diabala, etc. But you know what? I think all things taken into account, I think it's a brilliant uh, window, especially considering we've just had this billion pound stadium. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. And like I say, thanks for calling the show again. It's always pleasing to hear your voice. I think, yeah, when you look at it as a whole, I mean, like Jamie said, I keep repeating it back to it, we're not going to get everything done in this summer window. It just wasn't going to be possible. So we've made the right building blocks, I think, towards 
trying to go to the next level. I think the Chelsea has a young, exciting player. I think he's just was kind of getting to grips with you know European football as well. He played in Europa League yeah. last year, so it'll be a step up, step up for him playing in the Champions League. I think the opportunity to work with Maurizio Pochettino again, we can't underestimate just what a pull that is for a lot of these players. A lot of them, what they keep on saying is you know the likes of Coutinho and Dybala who are linked and Sessegnon who's coming, Jack Clark and you know Undumbele. The key person yeah. involved in all of these transfers is the opportunity to play for this manager. That's the big yeah. thing for all of these players. It's the opportunity to work with Pochettino. He's going to coach and make them better. And, you know, that's the greatest thing. We've got a wonderful manager in place. That's going to make them better, John, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, how many players do we hear about as soon as they join the club? They talk about Pochettino's training methods, his coaching, his man management is absolutely world class. So, yeah. Um, yeah um, so, I, I saw on Twitter today, you know, Teddy Sheridan came out and said he spoke to, um, you know, the high people in the club and said, you know, you have to give Poch what he wants because I think it's got to the point where, you know, he has different options should he want to take it. And I think, you know, he wants to stay at Spurs. He wants to improve the club. And, he, you know, by doing that, he needs his way with signing. And I think it's got to the point where Daniel Levy can't keep doing it his way because we'll simply lose one of the best managers in the world. You know, it's, it's got to that point where he needs to stop giving some way. And I know that we're not one for, for spending, you know, hundreds of millions and stuff. But, you know, and maybe, we're not, maybe we don't have that money, but we know we do. And I think it is time to start doing it Poch's way as well. Yeah, I completely agree with you, uh, Josh. I think um, I think Poch has earned this. He's deserved it. Um, you know, if you think about football teams kind of going in probably three to five year cycles, you know, th- when we were really yeah. at the top, this side was really at, the, at its peak. It was probably the sort of end of the 16-17 season. Poch yeah. hasn't had that many opportunities to really make improvements, move some players on who've perhaps gone a bit stale. I think... There have been some real statements in this window and he has been backed, really. And I think, you know, he's, that's the least he's really deserved. And, you know, I think it's positive. Yeah. Um, also, I want to say a massive thanks to Ricky for last night. I know you must be absolutely knackered now, but um, <laughs> it was brilliant. And, you know, I, I woke up every hour or two and checked, you know, was obviously more updates. And thank you so much for giving your time as well. And to all of you, really. Josh, you're very, very kind. And got as I say on Twitter, the amount of love I've got on there today has been incredible because Twitter's one of those places that I think we can all agree. At times it can be absolutely poisonous, but I've got to say, I've had so much love on there today. And guys, I can't thank you enough for all your support for the last word on Spurs. I mean, we love doing the shows. We love you listening to them. And once again, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for all the support you've given us for the shows, for, you know, everything you've done for me as well with the, with the tweets, all the love. It is a lot of fun. And I think at the end, we have got reasonably, John, what we've wanted. Yeah, 100%. I've been delighted with this window and I hope you are too. Yeah. Josh? I mean, uh, yeah. No, go on. Sorry, I interrupted you there. No, no, no. I I was going to say, you know, even if, you know, Dybala had come, I think that we have have brought in the key areas we needed to have. Perhaps not all of them, but I think, you know what, I think... I'm really excited for the season now. I'm really excited. And that's the attitude you should have, Josh, because like Jamie said last week, it's going to happen over a few windows. We're chasing Tottenham 2.0. Josh, we really appreciate you there on Last Word on Spurs. We didn't get to cover Danny Rose. He is a name that could be on his way out. We're going to talk a little bit about him now because he was linked with Watford, 14 million. We've spoke about this. It's been a theme on Last Word on Spurs. Will he go? Spurs, another issue that Spurs are divided on. He's gave nine years, is it, of service? Yes. Uh, more, 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 more time. More, more? Well, longest yeah. serving, uh, longest serving yeah. player by far. Well, here we go. And some people want him out. Some people think he deserves a move. Some people think it was uh, almost not disgraceful that he didn't go on the preseason tour. But the manager gave him some time to clear his head. He hasn't gone to Watford. Where do you stand on this transfer, Ed? 
I think Danny Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Rose, I, I've always found Danny quite frustrating to watch. I think when there was that season 16-17 where we had the best fullbacks in the league, Rose on one side, Carl Walker on the other, you know, he really was top of his game there. I think there's been injuries. Sometimes he kind of, I think both in this, his style of play and the way he kind of carries himself kind of off the pitch sometimes. Um, sometimes he's quite, you know, he's a very confident guy and that's that's great, but sometimes things don't quite come off. At the same time, we were talking about the last six months, certainly of the, of the regular league season last year. I thought his performances were a little, well, had actually improved slightly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any problems if he were moved on. I, you know, and good luck to him. He has, you know, he has had, he's had a good, good Spurs career. Um, and obviously, we'll never forget the, you know, the thunderbolt uh, against Arsenal all those years ago. Um, but you know, I, I think if he were to be moved on, I wouldn't have major qualms. For me, I, I absolutely love Danny Rose. To me, to me he's our, our best fullback of the ones we've got. He's so passionate. We play Arsenal, Chelsea. He's always up for. He's up for a ruck with Chelsea. He as knows well. what it means, doesn't he? <laughs> he knows what it means. He, he, he plays like a fan, you know. Mm. And he's so, he's just charges around. He's a little bit. Sometimes he switches off a little bit, which is a bit mm. concerning. And yeah, that that's can my let concern. In, yeah. That can let in, you know, fast attackers. So against Arsenal, didn't we, John, the uh, penalty incident where Danny just come was like celebrated as a fan when Lurie saved it and then the tongue came in and absolutely cleared the ball. Yeah, I mean, and that recovery is probably the recovery of the season. Yeah. It's better than a goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Danny Rose, he is, he is like a supporter. Personally, I absolutely love him. I know the fans are completely divided on Danny. But for me, he's our best fullback, and I hope he stays. Oh, man, I'm the same as John. Listen, I know Jason's probably listening, and he's already going absolutely <laughs> barmy at me for going, leave him alone, stop talking about Danny Rose. <laughs> I still think Danny's probably going to end up leaving this window. I know me and John are going to chat outside and John says, where can you see him going? I just think Spurs don't really want to renew his contract. He's 29 years old. Um, for Danny as well, part of me, I'd love to keep him. I'm the same as John. I think he's still the best fullback at the club. But does Danny look at it and think, maybe do I need a fresh new challenge away? Because mm. he has had issues with Tottenham with the interviews and the press. Um, and it pains me to say it because I still think, even with Session coming in, that over time Session will be a wonderful fullback or you know, could even go on to play further up the field. And I think Danny's the perfect player for him to learn from. But I think maybe there's just too much water under the bridge now with Danny that I think he will end up going, which upsets me because I still think when you look at our fullback, Backs, he's still the best we've got. Well, will, will he sign on? Will he go? Also, we're going to be talking a little bit about the academy because there are also some moves there. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport with me, Charlie Hawkins. I've been joined with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, John Wenham and Ed Richardson. We have been talking about the players coming in, the potential players that were coming in. A little bit about the players going out. We just spoke about Danny Rose there. I just wanted to quickly ask then, John. Danny Rose, he, he was linked with a move to Watford, 14 million. He is staying this year because this window is closed. He could go in January. We're not quite sure yet. All the foreign windows still, Chaz. He could the still go window, in this foreign window. I think Danny Rose still wants to play over here. It, Ricky, you're completely right. He can go. But I wanted to ask, you've signed Sessegnon, a left-back. Could Danny Rose sort of almost be a mentor to, to Sessegnon? I feel that he could stay and really just teach Sessegnon a few things because he struggled with Fulham last year in the Premier League and I think he could provide almost leadership to him and it could benefit Tottenham in the longer run. I, I can see that point of view, but the fact that Ben Davis got the new five-year contract this summer, Poch is going to say, Ben Davis is the one you're going to learn from. Ben Davis is the one I want you to... doesn't have the experience of Rose, though, John, does he? He doesn't, and I think, I think Rose is a better fullback. Or the pace. At... No offence, John, or the yeah. pace. 
Yeah, I get that. And I can see the stylistic similarities between Sessegnon and Rose in their style of play, uh, both English. So I can see that. But but personally, I think Pochettino's made a decision on that. It's going to be Sessegnon and Davis long term. I don't agree with that, but that is what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I could certainly see Danny being a good sort of mental for, for Sessegnon moving forward. Um and actually, I think stylistically, probably he's a lot closer to 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 Cessnion and Danny are a lot closer than than Ben Davis, who I who I re- you know I really rate Davis, but he is a more defensively minded fullback. He's gentle, Ben, isn't he? Let's be honest, he's gentle, Ben. <laughs> gentle, Ben. I mean, it's, it's Ben Davis, gentle. <laughs> I, I get the feeling that you two aren't Ben Davis' biggest fan. No, no, not not me. I don't mind Ben Davis. I think he's a solid Premier League fullback as a number two. I mean, this is going to upset a few, I think. When I saw Ben Davis given a five-year contract, my heart did sink a little bit, only because he's, it, may, it sounds really bad. I, listen, I know he buys into the philosophy. I know Pochettino's a lot about trusting the players and he wants to keep those that are close to him. But I just think for Spurs, if they want to move forward, and I sit there, and I've got to be honest with you, when I compare Liverpool's fullbacks, City's fullbacks, and then with Spurs, the start of their transfer window, when you look at defenders, they gave Davis a five-year contract. I was a little bit disappointed. I thought, are we not going to try and compete? Because Ed made that point earlier. Spurs were formidable when they had the pace of Carl Walker and Danny Rose bursting down the flanks. And we've got to find a way, maybe not this window, but the next window of trying to get back to that. We've got Sessignon. I don't know what you think, Ed. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the pace is, is key. And obviously, if you look at you know what Liverpool can bring with Robertson and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, yes, definitely. But also... What I'm hoping that, that Sessegnon brings in time as well is a really good crossing ability. Spot on. Because I think actually something that we've lacked potentially it for a while now is really excellent crossing ability. I think, strangely, actually, our best, the best crosser in the squad is Jan Vertonghen. But he never really plays on the left, on left back's position. He doesn't particularly like it. He did it against Dortmund and he was great in the first leg at Wembley. Um, so that's, you know, that's something I really hope that, that Sessegnon can develop. Um, but you know, I think yes, he could probably learn a lot from from uh, from Danny Rose. Well, Sessegnon has just tweeted literally, Ricky. I know you're trying to beat me to it. You're on the Twitter <laughs> front, but let me do it. Sessegnon has tweeted, I "I'm absolutely it. delighted and buzzing to have signed with Spurs official, a club with a fantastic fan base and a place where I feel I can learn and improve as a player to take my game to the next level. I can't wait to get started." Hashtag come on you Spurs. Hashtag thanks to Ricky Saxon last week. <laughs> <laughs> He just tweeted there. He can't wait to get his journey started at Spurs. Oh, I love it. He's up for it. He can't wait. I I honestly think with Ryan, there's this player, I mean, he's had to wait his time for this move. God, has he had to wait, hasn't he, John, for his move here? Ryan Sessegnon, you know. And I think in time... Pochettino will develop him. As I said earlier, he's known as the fullback whisperer. You know, he's <laughs> taken on players like Trippier, like Davis, and even back in his Southampton days, you look at Luke Shaw at the time there, the way he developed him, he hasn't done so at United. Nathaniel but Klein. Nathaniel Klein, another one there. There's always been with Pochettino, you know, a methodology in terms of trying to get the best out of fullbacks. And I think, again, with Sessignon, he's a long term project. It may not be this season, it might be next, but I think as a future, it's bright for him. I think this is crying out for a Netflix series. Pochettino, the fullback whisperer. <laughs> I can see it now. Eight-part series. He's got legs. We can start the movement here on Last Word on Spurs. You reckon? Yeah. Why not? Come, let's do it. Let's do a poll. Let's do a survey. <laughs> we'll tweet it out. Let's talk a little bit about... Uh, is it Cameron... Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Cameron Carter-Vickers. I knew it was a double-barrel surname. Literally, all week, I've spoke about him. QPR wanted him. Fulham wanted him. He has gone to Stoke in... I'm going to say, I feel it's a very strange move. Stoke are really struggling with a, a premiership hangover. They've only won three games since January. Nathan Jones, I'm not too sure about him. They lost on the weekend to QPR. Not much is going for him. Shawcross is out injured. Is this a good move for him? 
look, I'm personally quite disappointed about the move. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I was a big fan of Carter Vickers coming through the youth teams, but I believe he's got to a stage now where he had those loans last season. I'm disappointed we didn't get a fee. There was Ian Dennis from the BBC reported earlier it was going to be £6 million, and I was quite behind that. I thought that would have been a good move for all parties concerned. Let him start a permanent home somewhere else. He is a full USA international. And we've got young Jafet Tanganga who's come through pre-season really well, ready to take his space as the youth fullback, in, uh, youth centre-half in the squad, pardon me. Um, so I was hoping he was going to move permanently. For Carter himself, I mean, he's going to get a lot of action down at Stoke. Obviously, Ryan Shawcross is now out for the season, I believe, with his long-term injury. Um, but, you know, Stoke seemed to like taking centre-halves off us. They took Kevin Wim up at £18 million. Pounds. <laughs> you know, I'm still celebrating that. £18 million! Pounds. And they loaned him out to a, a German side in the Bundesliga That's your two. problem, John. You sorry, sorry, sorry weren't too happy, though, John, to be fair. He lost his best friend. That's true. So, you know, Sonny, he does still catch up with Sonny, but that was a real bromance, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was. So he has ended up at Stoke. It's not the move you wanted. You said you wanted a fee. Could it be now that this is it now? If he doesn't prove it at Stoke, it's not gone well at Tottenham, is it? Yeah, the only reason I can think from a Spurs point of view they would have held on to him is, the, you know, Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld are both out of contract in 12 months' time. So possibly, look, he can have this great season at Stoke or he can have a great season at Stoke and then in January we cut that loan and put him to a Premier League loan for the second half of the season and get him ready to play for Spurs. But whenever I've seen him, you know, I remember this, this FA Cup game against Wickham where we got past 4-3 in, in, in the final minute. And he what was a get- game that was. <laughs> what a game that was, eh? I hated it. <laughs> I, honestly, I hated Back it. Fenwell, right? Back in Fenwell. Back in Fenwell. Pocketing our defence, leaving them on the floor. I mean, Carter Vickers is built like a, a bodyguard anyway. Yeah, yeah. And he was getting left all over the floor. <laughs> I mean, I, I absolutely hated that game. Uh, I know the neutrals would have loved it, but me personally, seeing our you know defender, we were probably priming to be the next one to come yeah. through, being bullied by Akin Fender. Yeah, an awful game, didn't you? He just, he just one of those games where he won't remember watch that back. No, he was getting beaten to absolutely everything in the air. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I hope he moved on this summer, but we have got rid of some of the other younger players I wanted to be moved on. So overall, you, you know, I'm pleased with it. Well, player we haven't spoken about yet is Josh Onomah, who's obviously gone as part of the deal for Ryan Sessignon. And I still think Onomah, there's a, there's a player in there. I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. But Ed, what do you reckon? Do you think going to Fulham might reinvigorate his career? Yeah, I think it could be a good destination for him. Obviously, with Scott Parker, um, you know, I think there's a good setup there. They've obviously had a bit of a crash landing into the championship. But I think it could be a good place for him to learn. Well, that is your first hour of last word on Spurs. And the bad news is, there is no bad news. It's only good news because Spurs still have another hour to come. I love Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> now, John, I'm not sure if you've come across it. This new advertisement, The Athletic. Obviously, there's a subscription to the company's complete football content library. Um, a lot of sports content based in the US as well. And I think there's someone we know there quite well in the terms of the Tottenham terminology, in Jack Pickbrook, I understand you've exchanged messages with Jack in the past in relation to, obviously, he's now moved across to The Athletic. Yeah, Jack, Jack's a really, really good journalist. He knows a lot of people at Tottenham, a lot of people who respect him in the industry. Um, so I think it's a real coup for The Athletic to get someone of Jack's ability on board. Um, and I, for one, have already signed up for The Athletic. I understand if you sign up at the moment, there's a 50% off subscription uh, fee, so it comes to around $2.49 a month. It's, it seems like a really, really exciting uh, thing to support, get involved with journalism, and, and they've got the top of their field behind them. Yeah, I mean, with the Athletic itself, I think what they're trying to kind of gear towards is the best coverage of your club with, like you said, you know, a world-class team of writers. I mean, it's completely ad-free, no ads, no annoying pop-ups. I mean, John, this does kind of seem like the way to go forward now. I'm sure a lot of journalists will be looking at the Athletic wanting to get the opportunity to move there, if that's an opportunity down the line. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the people they've picked for their specific clubs, you've got Jack with Tottenham. I know you've got Hay with Leeds, who's the top, Phil Hay is a top Leeds uh, journalist. So it's people in the know at those clubs they've managed to secure. 
and that makes it a really exciting thing for fans to get behind. Yeah, I agree. Now, just for exclusive, for the last word on Spurs listeners, we do have a promo running. So if you go to the website of theathletic.co.uk forward slash last word, that will start 30-day free trial and also you'll receive 50% off your yearly subscription of £2.50 per month. So I'm going to say that again. If you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash last word, that will start your 30-day free trial where you'll receive 50% off your yearly subscription. And John, like you said, you've already signed up to the content. That's right, Ricky. I was really, really excited about you know some of the top journalists and for me personally, supporting journalists, if they're, deli- if they're delivering the best in the field, then that's something I want to get behind. Love sport. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. It is glorious because we still have another full hour to go. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I've been joined by the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, John Wenham and newcomer Ed Richardson. Ed, you're doing yourself proud. Better than John and Ricky can say, that's for sure. We're all the buildings that they're getting. But I'm delighted to say this hour, we're going to be talking about the Premiership because it does kick off this weekend. You're facing Aston Villa. How do we feel about that game? And also, we're going to be looking at the fixtures over the next month or so, how we're feeling ahead of the new season. But I'm delighted to say we've also got Jay on the line now. Jay, I hear that you want to talk a little bit about Danny Rose and you do not want him to go at all. And also, we're going to be looking at the fixtures over the next month. Sorry? Jay, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. Jay, I heard that you was listening to us earlier and you were talking a little bit about Danny Rose and you were saying that you don't want him to go. I most definitely don't want him to go. I I actually just wonder why anyone would want him to go, being that we only spent one million on him whenever it was we bought him many moons ago. And he's just been so, so solid for us. And I was listening to you guys earlier on and one of you recount could recount the mistakes that he'd made, which made me think he's made so few that you can actually remember the ones that he's made. Listen, Jay, I'm a massive Danny Rose fan. I agree with you that I think for Tottenham, the only way I've always said that Danny Rose should leave this window is if Tottenham are going to be guaranteed to be bringing in a player that is of adequate ability or better than Danny, which is going to be very, very hard for Tottenham to do on the basis of how much money they have to spend to try and bring someone in of better quality than Danny Rose. I think at the moment he would be the perfect perfect mentor, like Chance was saying earlier, to Ryan Sessegnon. I think he would teach him you know, in terms of going forward. Maybe not necessarily defensively, but I think that's where Pochettino's coaching, his philosophy comes into it, where you know he'll work with him on the defensive side of the game. But you know, as I said earlier as well, I think with Danny there's been a lot that's happened under the bridge with the whole interviews of the press and going to the sun that maybe for him a clean break is what maybe Rose needs now for both himself and for Tottenham. So I think it's a case we'll just have to wait and see. I don't really agree with that. I think we're getting politics mixed up with football. And I'm just looking at Danny Rose purely for football reasons. I'm not getting mixed up with the politics of what he's said and what he hasn't said. Because if, if, I, if I go into that, I dislike Danny Rose as a person for what he said about Spurs. I really do. But I have to put that to one side and purely see him for the value he gives us as a player. And... I think would be insane to get rid of him. It's just it's crazy. There's no one like him. And it was you, Ricky, who said that your heart sunk a little when Ben Davis signed yep. five-year contract. 
And listen, I'll never say anything bad about any player like just like you, but I was a little gutted that he signed because I agree with you. I can't. I mean, how do we expect to compete with the likes of Man City and Liverpool with Ben Davies? He is. He is. Listen, he's a lovely guy. He really is, and I've got ultimate respect for him. But he isn't taking us to the next level. Jay, you mentioned that you don't want to get involved in the politics of it all, but unfortunately, you know, in a day of modern technology, all we do is watch sport news, we listen to it on the radio, we hear what everything Danny Rose has to say, it's plastered all over the media. It does tarnish his legacy almost with Tottenham fans, doesn't it? It's hard not to listen to it, but it has played a, a part, and he has said those things, hasn't he? Yeah, but you say that, but when he's running down the wing and going past someone, we're all, all singing Danny, Danny Rose. We all kind of seem to forget about that. We only remember it at times like this and bad times, but when he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, I don't see any of us like saying, oh, my God, you said this, you said that. All I see is us sitting there going, Danny, Danny Rose. So, you know, I, think, I just think we've got to put the politics aside and realise... We've got one of the best fullbacks in the league right now still, irrespective of what he's said and what he's done. And we just got to get behind him. And I, I personally pray that he doesn't leave this transfer window because I just think it'd be a massive loss. Jay, I 100% agree with every word you're saying on the football side of things. However, Maurizio Pochettino is a manager where he looks at the full package. Whilst it's about football and ability, he also analyses a player for how their actions are, their character, and that's part of the reason why I think he's given Ben Davis the five-year contract because it's not just about his football and ability, it's also about yeah. what he brings off the pitch, the character, the way he holds himself as a person. And Danny's a person... That, what I love about Danny Rose is... He is honest. He will tell you how he feels, and some people don't always like that in football. A lot of these players are kind of shouldered by agents. They're kind of hidden away, whereas Danny, if he's got an opinion, he'll come out and say it. And if it's based on football ability alone, there's no doubt Danny Rose should still be in this Tottenham team. Absolutely no doubt about it at all. But that's why I think it could just be more than this. I want to keep him. I think I've made it clear on God knows how many shows that I want to see Danny Rose stay. And the only way I'd want to see Danny Rose leave, if I've been given a guarantee that the player coming in to replace Danny Rose is better or adequate to his ability. And Session can be that player in time, but he's just not yes. as of this moment. So let's see. The window is still open. Danny might move. But if he stays, I'm sure we'll give him our 100% backing. He won't move. He definitely won't move. He won't go. I, I think if he was going to go, he would have gone. They've had, uh, and I know what I, I agree with you about Poch just wants the whole package. It's very important for him because he, he likes that harmony within the whole squad. And I do, I agree with you there. But I also believe he knows what's best for the team because they could have got rid of him. Many aren't, I think, on quite a few occasions, but they haven't because they know that there's no one better out there that they can afford. So, yeah, I agree with you. If he's going to go, we have to get someone better. But that person isn't around right now. So I think we will see him after the transfer window. Jay, just a European quick one. Or otherwise. Just a quick one here, Jay. Do you think one of the reasons he's hanged around for so long is because he counts for the homegrown and also club trained for the Champions League squads? No, not, no I, I don't. I just genuinely think that he's good. That's why he's hung around. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I, any I, other reason? I think he's know, probably I, our best I, fullback. And yeah, homegrown. I, I, I buy all that, but I just genuinely think that he's here because he's good. And as much as Levy and Poch may may wrangle with themselves about getting rid of them, getting rid of him, 
they they have to step back at the point where they want to jump off the cliff. They have to step back and go, well, if we do, who have we got? We haven't got anyone. So, you know, I I just think we've just got to get behind him. And I, I, I absolutely guarantee you he won't be gone by the end of the transfer window. Well, he won't be gone. Time will only tell Jay. We Jay, we really appreciate you calling there. Jay from Crystal Palace. He's saying Danny Rose. He doesn't want him to go. I know we've got a few different opinions on that. John, you mentioned it there. Homegrown player. That could be a reason why. But from a footballing point of view, Danny Rose won't care about helping Tottenham out if he wants to move. He won't just going to help them out for their homegrown quota, will he? Oh no, of course not. (laughs) You know, I, I think with Pochettino, people have upset him in the past. I'm looking at Andros Townsend, for example. One incident, and he was out. So when Danny Rose sat there with the son the day before the season started and said, pay me what I'm worth. You know, that didn't go down well with the hierarchy at Tottenham, let's be honest. And no, of course, yeah. John, if you bang my table again, mate, you will not be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it's, you know, I, I think his footballing ability has allowed him to continue with the club. But I think the signing of, of Ryan Sessegnon, and if he settles in well, I, unfortunately, I think we'll see the end of Danny Rose in the not-too-distant future. John, I was only joking because you're a lot bigger than me, so that was clearly... <laughs> and that's the Danny Rose coming out in John. That's the problem. <laughs> I just want to talk about the other new man because we haven't mentioned him. Can you believe it? We're like an hour and ten minutes in. We haven't met, We talk, spoke about Sessegnon. We didn't speak about the Chelsea. And he said it was an easy decision. It's a club that plays in the Champions League every year. It has an incredible stadium, a top-level training centre and a coaching team of Argentinians. And that is what interested me here. This was the only thing, and it was very important. You mentioned there, John, I want to ask you, Ed, you know, he's a great man manager. People want to play for this manager. And there we have it in the quotes of the new boy. Yep, definitely. Um, I must admit, I don't know huge amounts about Lo Celso, but I've only I've heard and read and, you know, good things. Um, and as we were touching on earlier, you know, like, the, you know, those those attractions about Spurs, playing in a great stadium, great training facilities in London, a very good coaching team, they're all going to be really attractive selling points if you're a young player looking to, to make your way. So, you know, I'm not, not at all surprised to, to hear those quotes. A lot of fans tonight have said, why couldn't we get some of the deals over the line quicker? John, you mentioned there's more factors than wages and uh, transfer fees. But the names that you have signed today, Cesson Young and Lachelso, you've been linked with for a long, long time. Do you believe they wasn't done because maybe they were waiting to see how the other dominoes fell? This is what happens in the transfer window, almost like a poker face with teams. Is Ericsson gonna know? Is Ericsson gonna go? Could something else might like fall to us, like Dybala? Was there maybe an element to Spurs waiting around to see what else happened? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Cesson Young has been a very, very long-term target for Tottenham at least three transfer windows now, or three years, in fact. I mean, <laughs> I was told last year that he actually visited Pochettino's house. So the deal obviously was close to being done then. He then decided to do a full season with Fulham um, and get that Premier League experience behind him. With Sessegnon as well, I was also told the delay this time round was actually from the Josh Onima part of the deal. Josh has today joined Fulham on a, on a three-year deal, permanent deal. Um, but I understand that yesterday Steve Bruce at Newcastle came in for Josh and as such he actually was pushing for that Premier League move and Tottenham must have come to some sort of deal with Josh to make sure that he's gone to Fulham to smooth that deal over the, over the line. So... Yeah, you know, I'm really pleased Ryan's on board. I'm really excited for him. On the Chelsea, I mean, you know, a big fee was wanted at the start of the window and it feels a bit like Tottenham have gone out there. They had 
a multi-ball effect. You said Tinder earlier, and I agree with that. Not that I've ever been on Tinder. My wife will be pleased to hear. <laughs> but, um, you know, that sort of effect. They do so, listen to this show. Yeah. <laughs> they do listen. What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh, you know, I feel like there, there were four, four targets in the end. Yesterday with Dybala and Coutinho, maybe there were smoke screens for the other deals to bring down that price of the Chelsea. And personally, to get him on loan, I just think it's amazing business by Daniel Levy. It's an absolute Levy masterclass. You know, we can see how he is for a season. If he's good, we're keeping him. If he's not, we're bidding him off. <laughs> I, I totally agree with what John's saying there. I think, again, this is a remarkable piece of work from Daniel Levy to bring a player in that actually gives us the opportunity for 12 months to have a look at him, see what he's like. If he's good, we've got the opportunity to buy him. If he's not, like John says, we can move him on. But I think the Chelsea is a player that is progressing. He's a player that's getting better. And under the right coach, he can flourish. And I'm not going to sit here and say he is going to be the replacement for Christian Eriksen just yet. You know, there's the potential to be the replacement for Christian Eriksen. He's going that way. But I think there's still a lot of work to be done. He hasn't yet played in the Champions League on right and side. I think he's only played Europa League football. So that's going to be a step up for him. But I think he's under the best coach possible. I'm not sure if you agree to get to the next level now yeah completely I think if you're a young player to have the opportunity to work with Poch and the rest of the coaching team with Jesus and everybody else you know it's it's a really appealing thing um, and I think Lo Celso has you know he's got a great opportunity I think it's you know it's it's a great op- it's a great arrangement by Levy I suppose the risk is if he's really good and plays sort of ma- much above trend and then you know somebody else comes in and try a real big boy tries to poach him but no I think on the face of it it looks you know really good well you just mentioned there it was a master clo- uh, master class by Daniel Levy I want to touch on that because last week we spoke about a potential petition that was brewing in get Daniel Levy out he hasn't backed the manager we know football fans can be fickle it's not Tottenham mm. fans all sport fans are fickle but now we're saying he has backed him and he's performed a master stroke why does it change so quickly I think Chase just in terms of our show I think we've always been from my understanding the guests we've had on here we've always I think been behind the chairman I think the argument has always been that if you're not behind the chairman then give us a give us you know a real reason why you would say Daniel Levy out at the moment if there's someone out there better to take over the club then listen we're all ears to it don't get me wrong and I've been the first one to sit here and say with Daniel there's been times where he has held the club back um he stopped us from moving forward but then when you go to that stadium, I think, as I said to you the other week, it's very hard to not appreciate just where Tottenham are going. And obviously, you're the first one on the show. What do you make of Daniel Levy? There is a lot of criticism out there, but where are you on the yeah, fence? I completely agree with you, Ricky. I think I've had my frustrations down the years, but also I think you've got to look at the long-term trend. And the long-term trend is, is definitely one of an upward trajectory. You know, if you think about where the club was when Daniel Levy took, took it over, look at where it is now one of the best stadiums in Europe, if not the world, a great manager, very good squad. The overall net balance is positive. All right, well, we do have a caller, actually. Adrian has just decided to call us. Adrian, we're really pleased that you've joined us on the line because you actually want to praise Daniel Levy, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I think he's played an absolute blinder. If you look at what he's done, apart with the shirt sponsorship at 45 million a year... And we still haven't got naming rights. And then look at the transfer dealings. I mean, what he's done, he's got Endembele in early to appease Poch and Jack Clark. And then he's reverted back to form and done a dealing late so we don't get gazumped. And the total money outlay on those four signings is about £105 million. Now, we've sold players to the value of over 30-odd million at the moment. So he's only spent £70 million. If Ericsson and Rose were to go, he'll have balanced the books. 
And I'm confident that we will make signings in January. I still think we might get Dybala. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm not going to sit there to midnight again or to four in the morning doing that one. I'll be honest with you. What I will say, Adrian, is that, listen, I get what you're saying about appeasing him early by giving him a Dembele, but my only concern is that to leave it this late, it does mean that we're going into the start of the season with players given to Pochettino where he has to now try and quickly bring them up to date with his coaching methods, with his philosophy, where I think the best way to do your business, if it's possible, I'm not saying it's always as easy as this, is to bring the players in at the very start of pre-season get them used to your training get them used to the players because we're in a situation now we've got Villa on Saturday and I agree with what John's saying that there's not a chance that I don't think Lichelso is going to start the game he's going to be on the bench you've got to try and ease these players in get to know the teammates and technically they're now it's not for a better word they're kind of learning on the job learning the players learning the philosophy I mean it is still a big risk John to bring them in this late and try and get them all to work straight away yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, there's some rumours about maybe Lorente coming back. And just to put a stop to that straight away, I'll say that you need a Pochettino pre-season, especially someone at a later year like that. Mm. He's going to take till December to get fit now. So if someone like Lorente, that just isn't going to happen in my opinion. And on, on the Chelsea, as Ricky was saying, I don't see him starting on Saturday. I think it takes time to bed in, get used to your you know, facilities around you and, and bring yourself up to speed. So, you know, I, I don't see him starting on Saturday. And I'm really pleased you managed to get the Tango and Dembele deal done so early. And he feels fully settled in already. And he said Suzuko was acting like a big brother to him. Adrian, just quickly there, how pleased were you on tran- uh, Tottenham's transfer window? I got the ones that were expected because Lachelso and Setignon had expressed an interest to come to Spurs. So I thought we would get them in. Um, as for backup for Kane, I think Troy Parrott's waiting for that. Love that. Yeah, Troy Parrott, in my opinion, 100% ready to, to step up. His pre-season games against Juve, Man United, he looked really powerful, strong, direct. So it's unlucky that, that chance he had against Bayern where he hit the post didn't go in because for his confidence it would have been sky high after that scoring in a big stadium against a big club. So I'm hopeful that Troy will actually squeeze into the 18 on, on Saturday and hopefully come on for his Premier League debut. And Adrian, I just want to say thanks again for taking part in this week's Adrian's, Adrian's Corner. Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, thanks, Adrian. Guys. We really appreciate your call, Adrian, there. Adrian's Corner. I'm just delighted to be a part of any corner on this show. <laughs> it's getting so big. We were Can just you talking... take him for us, Chaz? Yeah. <laughs> no, first Eric, so we're starts getting on back about that. <laughs> well, we were talking about signing players and how late they are in pre-season. When we come back, we're going to be talking about pre-season, but also now the Premiership season is finally here. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. I'm joined by the last word on Spurs. I'm Charlie Hawkins. They are Ricky Sachs, John Wenham and Ed Richardson. Ed, I want to ask you a quick question because we've spoke about all the players coming in and spoke a little bit about the players coming out. One player we know is staying, Christian Eriksen. Another player that could stay, Toby looks to be staying. He had a release calls. Roma were in for him. They tried to undercut that £25 What is happening there? Is he going to go? I think that he will stay. Um, I'm optimistic that he'll say. I mean, I, I'm. He's one of my favourite players in the squad. Um, I've always really liked him. I love the commitment to the club, um, the sort of the intelligence, the tactical, the way he reads the game. I think he's been the bedrock of of the of Pochettino's Spurs and the way it's grown really. Um, so I would be sad to see him go. I think particularly, I'd be particularly sad to see him go to another English club. Um, maybe with the window still open. You might see something, but no, I think he, I think he will stay, and I think he's a good figure to help the young players grow in the squad. Um, and I, you know, I think he he will be a you know a useful sounding board for a lot of them. I, I've got to be honest, yeah. And says again, and we were laughing about it in the break. I'm stunned that no one come up with that release clause for Toby. We're talking yeah. about a guy here that is you know Premier League proven. 
He's played in Europe, the top level Champions yeah. League, and he's still got years, still I think in in his bank. I think the big issue with Toby is, from what I've been told, is that his entourage is his biggest issue. I mean, they don't they seem to upset a lot of people the way they go about trying to pursue a deal, mm. and they're not the easiest people to deal with. There's been rumours also in the past that he's actually his dad's been banned from Tottenham's <laughs> training ground in terms of you know negotiations and stuff. So I mean, listen, it's for me. I'd keep Toby out of here. I think he's a wonderful player. I think when you've got him, Vertonghen and Sanchez, I mean, Sanchez is learning off these guys. Mm. I don't think you can get anything better than that. So those three centre-backs, it's still a great place to be Tottenham. Let's not have that as well. For Toby, you're Champions League finalist. You know, you're on the way up. I mean, John, what do you reckon? Can you see a chance that he'll still stay at the club? Beyond the foreign window? Sadly not. I, I, um, I actually, I, I think he'll stay beyond the foreign window. I think he'll plan a pre-contract in January. And I think he might go back to Ajax. Actually, you know, I feel like he's at the stage of his career. He's played in two Champions League finals now. I think that's a big move for him. He's still got his Ajax tattoo on his arm, doesn't he? So you know, I think they've lost key players, obviously, this summer. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think he'll be welcome back there, and he'll do really well. Why has Toby almost fallen out of favour somewhat? You mean with Tottenham supporters or, or with the manager? Or Both. Or? Well, I think with Alderweireld. If we go back to last summer, he wasn't in. Maurizio Pochettino's plans he then reintroduced him on the Man United game which obviously Spurs went up there and absolutely battered them Lucas Moura's hat-trick um, hat-trick brace should I say um, but you know to be fair Alderville is a player that for me He's, he's world-class. He's a world-class mm. defender and he reads the game so well, yeah. Chaz. For what he doesn't have in pace, he's just got the ability, yeah. hasn't he, just Definitely. to know where to be, to position himself. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the positioning, it's the partnership and the understanding with Vertonghen the way he's helping to blood Sanchez, um, the hair. Don't forget the hair. Well, the hair as well. Um, I mean, I feel yeah, I feel so confident um, when I you know when I see him in the side. Yes, I think there have been a few disagreements and a few things, a few mm. issues behind the scenes with Poch potentially. But yeah, I, I, I he's a player I really rate. As I said, I saw there were some wild rumours much earlier in the summer on social media about him. You know. Some kind, you know, Arsenal in for him, and that would have, I would have just been livid at that. Oh, of course, you would have been uh, finished, wouldn't you? You wouldn't have gone Tottenham anymore. That would have been <laughs> <it for you. laughs> well, we're delighted now to say we do have Jason on the line. Jason, we hear that you want to talk about transfers. Are you pleased? Oh, look, Jason, we're going to about transfers. Cut him off. <laughs> Jason, are you pleased with the transfer window? Ah, oh, absolutely delighted that it's finally shut, mate. And I think we get two weeks rest before the, all the boys start opening the January window. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, well, you apparently know. Ricky will already be tweeting about it tonight. Now that he's got fans who want to know what he's tweeting yeah, at three, I think four he's got in the morning. Four players lined up already. Tonight. <laughs> Jason, apparently Ricky said you want to talk about Danny Rose as well. Well, he's, you know. <laughs> It sums it up when Watford are the only club interested in this world-class defender we've got. But, uh, <laughs> not, a, not a single Jace. elite team around Europe with this wonderful left-back the boys think he is. Oh, Jase, that's very harsh. You're going to support well, that, Jase, <laughs> now he's still at the club for the moment? I've, I've, I've never booed him. Are you going to support I've him, though, anyone. Are you going to support him? Support? Of course I will. Of course I will. But we, we know the player's been trying to leave for two summers. So, mm. But we also know Eriksson's um, trying to leave as well, Jase. Absolutely is. So don't but you feel the same consistent. about Ericsson as you do about Rose then? Yeah, absolutely I do. I'd let them both go. Yeah. We'll see, won't we? But, you know, that's that, that's the way it is. But no, the window, you know, let's, the, the three reported targets that we had in mind, mm. we've delivered three of them. Jace, sadly, got, yeah, agree. sadly, two of them a lot later. I, I certainly think Sessignon should have been a, a deal that we wrapped up, you know, weeks ago weeks ago. The Lacelso one was obviously far more complicated. It's a shame we've missed out on it wasn't until 
what was it, Sunday night or Monday morning, the name was even really mentioned. And, and perhaps one thing that Tottenham have to learn from it is if you if you really want a player of that, that high-caliber profile, if you like, then you've got to go after him properly and you've got to do that yeah, early yeah, because yeah, there are so right. many so many things that, that can happen with it. And perhaps Tottenham inexperienced in trying to sign a player of that profile shows. And hopefully we'll learn from that and that if... Next year, it's I don't know. It's it's another Juve, or it's uh, it's Isco, or it's you know Griezmann, or whoever type of player that that Tottenham think right. We you know we know we can speak to a player like that. We know we can present a case. So let's go and do it nice and early. And and if we have to move on from that in the earlier in the window, then we do mm-hmm. rather than leaving it to late. But you know I don't I wouldn't be too critical of Tottenham not pulling that deal off. When Manchester United couldn't pull the deal off either. And Manchester United, we do know, are, are quite happy to pay people whatever they want. We see that with Alexis Sanchez. So no, you know, it would have been a nice, would have been a nice bonus on top of the window. But the key thing is that we got the three players in that, that seemingly we chased for the whole window. And as I say, it would have been nicer to have got Sessegnon in earlier. But you know, I don't think it's a massive, massive problem that he didn't. Jace, what I do want to say very quickly is, I know me and you, people on Twitter, they see me and you kind of all the time debating, debating, debating. But I don't think they actually understand. We speak daily as well all the time. We're on the same page. And, you know, in the past, you know, with the window being open now closed, I am of exactly the same opinion as you, that now the window is shut for, you know, a, a good period of time. It is now time to get behind the team, get behind the manager. Daniel Levy has delivered Maurizio Pochettino, what I feel, with some decent players for him to work there with. And I think now, get behind him. And the window for the moment is closed. No more speculation, Jace, I promise you. No, absolutely. Perfect. Perfect day all round. Day's done and dusted. And like I say, we just get a nice two-week break now before the madness starts again. (laughs) (laughs) Jace, would you have preferred uh, Tottenham to have taken that bid or Danny Rose to have gone Watford for 14 million? Um, I'd have preferred to have done a deal and and brought in a genuine left-back rather than... Than, than just I, I still think I see Sessignon as, as a, an attacking option at the moment I just think with Danny Rose it's a player you know like, I think the misunderstanding is I dislike Danny Rose I don't It's the fact is the player's been trying to leave the club for two years and, and if I'm being honest if we'd have got an offer from an elite club for him he would have gone absolutely would have gone just, but the fact is that it was Watford or a, or a West Brom or a Stoke or a Sunderland or someone like that, then Danny Rose isn't going to go. But the fact is, there wasn't a single club of an elite level that wanted the player. So, you know, why people think he's good enough for Tottenham if he's not good enough for any of the other big boys? It's, it's just a strange one for it. You know, like I say, I'll get behind him. I hope he has a fantastic season. I'd love him to be player of the year. I'd love him to be the 2016 player who was by far head and shoulders the best left back in the league. But, you know, it's it's now 2019 and he's just not the same player, sadly. Jace, do you think it almost comes as a shock then to Danny Rose because he did say he was having this three weeks to think about it. He was saying, oh, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and the fact that it was Watford, do you think that would have come as a shock to him personally? Um, it might, it, uh, I, I bet it wasn't a shock to his agent. <laughs> it might have been a shock to Danny Rose. I bet it wasn't a shock to his agent because he's maybe his agent for the last two summers as has tried to get one of those big clubs and there's been no nobody going anywhere near him. And, you know, like I've said all along, if he's the player that we all think he is, why is there no big club that wants to come? Completely agree, Jace. Thanks for calling us tonight on the Last Word on Spurs. Jason there from Last Word on Spurs himself. 
talking a little bit about the Danny Rose bid from Watford for 14 million. It wasn't accepted. Danny Rose is still a Spurs player. The window is open for foreign teams, so we don't quite know what will happen there. I just want to take it back to Lachelso because he has signed. We have spoke about him a little bit, but Ricky, you mentioned him. When a player up is signed on deadline day, we're, we're euphoric as fans. We've got the man we wanted, but they have missed preseason. They've probably had a preseason when a the team they was at, but it's not the way that Spurs are playing, not the Spurs formation. There's time to bed into that new facility, get used to your surroundings, a foreign country, get used to all that. How long really does it take to get up and running at a new football team then? Because there is this time, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to really pass judgment on any, on any of these players. I would think it's maybe January onwards I think it's very hard to sit there and again even the first season if I'm being honest with you Chaz I'm not going to sit there after a season and write Undenbelli off or write the Chelsea off I think you have to give players at least a season to bed in it's a completely different league it's not like they've been playing in the Premier League it's a new league to a lot of these players so you have to give them time to settle and then um, we're obviously going to come on to Villa we're going to discuss the tactics and how we're going to set up for that game and I think that'll be the perfect chance for us to all see where in our minds we do think these players the new ones are going to be well they have made new signings what team will they put out who is Spurs strongest eleven? This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I've been joined by the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, John Wenham and Ed Richardson. We have been talking about the transfers in and out, the window closed today. But of course, now we have to look towards the Premiership season, the first game of the season, Aston Villa, the Premiership new boys. We haven't talked about it much. We're going to be talking a little bit about the fixtures, but I'm delighted to say that we are joined on the phone by Luke Hatfield, sports journalist covering Aston Villa, is also an Aston Villa Man, Luke, thanks for joining us. Aston Villa back in a big time. We know the money and the business you've done in the transfer window. We'll talk a little bit about that. But you are facing Spurs on the first game of the season. Happy with that opening game or would have preferred it to have been maybe someone else? Uh, well, you know what? It was one of the games which I think a lot of fans are looking forward to going to. You know, uh, brand new ground, uh, you know, big team. Um, you know, it's what the Premier League is all about, isn't it? Um, they probably could have done with someone a little bit... Uh, Let's say a lower key game, you know, someone where you can probably go and, and try and earn three points. It's going to be a lot harder trying to do that against the Spurs side, of course. So they, are, they have struggled with, with injuries, of course, heading into this opening game. Um, but it, it's, one to, it's one to save you, I think, one to save you. I just want to say, well, welcome back to the Premier League, first of all. I absolutely love Villa as a club, proper, big, traditional Premier League team. Great away great away support when you come I'm looking forward to, actually that's the main thing I'm looking forward to about Saturday is when we first get into that stadium 5.30 everyone's had a drink hearing you boys giving your villa 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 water is available again. water <laughs> is available great away support yeah villa probably in my opinion the best away yeah. support in the Premier League when, when they've been in it in, you know and I also love coming to Villa Park great ground for getting on at the last minute getting those winners jumping on the players <laughs> so welcome back um, I think it's going to be a good game uh, Saturday um, you'll obviously be looking forward to seeing all your new signings on show. Who out of your new signings are you looking forward to seeing the most? Oh, wow. There's so, well, there's so many of them. There's, you know, there's what, 12 new signings. Um, you've got to look forward to seeing the majority, I think. Um, one player which I'm really looking forward to seeing in, in a competitive game is Wesley Moraes, you know, the new striker, £22 million pounds yeah. from Club Bruges. Uh, big lad. Uh, looks really good, uh, you know, holding the ball up. You know, looks like he's got an eye for goal as well. He's one that uh, you know the Spurs defenders will have to worry about because he's, he's, I mean, he's a sizable bloke, and he does look like he, he knows he knows where the goal is. So you're someone someone to focus on. Another one who you know I'm really intrigued to see might may not make the cut on uh, on, on Saturday. Of course, you know he's only just flown in to England uh, from Brazil. Uh, is Douglas Luiz, you know the Man, Man City player signed from them, 15 million pounds. Looks like a real talent. Looks like he's you know someone who is very highly rated in South America. 
they see him as almost the uh, the next Fernandinho um, in some parts. So you know, he, he looks like he could be the man to you know, go alongside Jack Grealish and John McGinn in that midfield and, and really you know complete that midfield three. Although Conor Huron did a brilliant job in the championship last season. But yeah, those those are two of the guys I'm looking forward to. But with so many new names, you know, there's there's a lot of players for uh, Aston Villa fans to get used to, I think. Yeah, I think I think Louise is going to be a really good signing for you guys. I actually saw him play against Spurs last summer. I believe he was on loan at uh, Girona last season. And mm. Tottenham played during the preseason in front of you. And I looked at this guy and I thought, wow, he looks like a serious prospect. And, you know, I thought he was tied to Man City, long-term contract. I didn't actually see him, you know, leaving Manchester City. So I think you've made a real coup getting him in. And it's exciting times for Villa. I mean, is Jack Relish going to play on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd have to somehow, you know, lock him up in his, in his house if, he's, uh, if you were going to try and stop him playing this Premier League. Opening, yeah, it's near a big game for Jack, um, obviously, after what happened with the links to Tottenham last summer. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to the game and uh, welcome back. Yeah, no worries, man. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Luke, I just want to quickly ask them, because we know how busy Aston Villa have been in this transfer window. Are you a little bit nervous about that? Because the squad has had a complete face list. It's really turned over. We saw only the pitfalls of that last year with Fulham. They come up, they spent the money, they went back down. Is there not a, a worry that Aston Villa haven't stayed with the team that got them promoted and they've almost changed the complete core to the side? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk about this going around, you know, what are Aston Villa doing at Fulham? Um, it was kind of a running theme of the summer, you know, when we saw Villa doing all this business. Um, what I would say is that the strategy, you know, has been quite, it's, it, when you look at it compared to Fulham's, it's been very, very different. Although the money, you know, the, the money might be the same, um, but the strategy behind it is very different. You know, you saw with Fulham, there was a, a very scattergun approach. It's been labelled to, you know, got to deadline day and they made a number of signings. You know, they were throwing money left, right and centre. And it kind of seemed like, do they really know which route they're going down? Whereas with Villa, um, you know, they've, they've, they've highlighted their players. They've gone in early to pick up the players. And a lot of the players as well, you look at Tyrone Mings, you know, £20 million splashed out on him. Uh, he's a player who was on loan last season at Villa and had a, a massive effect on the club. You know, you look at Anwar El-Ghazi was another one. And then other players like Esri Concer, Jota, these were all players which Dean Smith knew about. Um, so it's slightly different in terms of the way Fulham was spending money. Um, and in terms of the core, like, they've still got Jack Grealish, they've still got John McGinn, they've still got Tyrone Mings, who, as I said before, was such a key part of the team. They've added positions around them. I don't know whether they've pulled the heart out like Fulham did. Um, I think another, you know, you look at the signings they've made, Tom Heaton in goal, probably a really good value uh, you know, signing for them. It hasn't cost them a fortune, but he's such a good goalkeeper at the Premier League level. Um, it was so important for Burnley, of course, getting them up and then keeping them up. I think he's a, a player who could really you know, pay dividends for Villa because although Ked Steer did very well late on last season in the Championship, it seems like Heaton is just that class above. And, and with someone with so much Premier League experience, you feel like he'd fit into the side really well. Luke, has there been, have there been sort of many clues from pre-season about how Villa are going to kind of approach tactically both the game on Saturday and, and the season more long term? Uh, well, it's very much as you were um, in terms of tactics. I mean, Dean Smith has gone onto the record and he's he, he said that he's not going to treat the Premier League too too differently to the way he treated the Championship. So expect 4-3-3. Um, the, the three midfielders will involve Jack Grealish and John McGinn. And then, you know, that, that third midfielder was one which was up for debate regularly last season. But he wants to play attractive football. He wants to play pressing football. He wants to move the ball forward in that fluid style that we've become so used to at Villa Park. And, and, and of course, he utilised the very same thing at Brentford and at Walsall, you know, his previous clubs. So expect, you know, Villa, don't, Villa won't, you know, sit back and, and try and 
you know, slow down games or go down like the Cardiff route as we saw last season in the Premier League. It's going to be the same style of football from Aston Villa, whether, you know, whether it works or not is another question. You know, going up against teams like Spurs, you don't see many teams like Spurs in the Championship. But he's going to do exactly the same as he did before. You know, he'll go out to try and win games. And yes, it might cost him goals here and there. It might cost him points here and there. But in the long run, I think it's probably most beneficial for Villa because that's the way they've been playing over the course of last season. Luke, just lastly then, what kind of game can Spurs expect from Aston Villa this Saturday? And of course, I have to ask you, what do you think the score will be? In terms of a game, I'd expect something high-paced uh, from Villa. Villa won't, as I said, they won't look to slow the game down. You know, when, given it's their first game back in the Premier League, I, don't, I can imagine they're going to try and fly out the box. Whether that will work against Spurs is another question. I think Spurs should be, you know, rightly confident in themselves. And you know, they've, they've got all these, you know, top-class players. You look at the likes of Harry Kane, Etau. You know, these, these are all really good players. Um, but it's going to be a test for them. I think Aston Villa will come out, and they will not. You know, shy away from it. Uh, in terms of a score prediction, uh, I'm, I'm maybe being slightly, um, slightly. Um, it's a tough one to say. I'm gonna go for one <laughs> don't worry about these three, bit. Luke. You just say what you think, <laughs> mate. You go for it. You don't have to make friends here. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Um, I think Villa can get something from Spurs, and judging by the injuries that you know, and suspension, you know, I think Son's a big miss for Spurs. You know, having not having him available, and then of course Deli Ali um, could be a big miss as well. I think Villa can get something. Maybe that's my heart rolling over my head, but fingers crossed. Oh, Luke, we really appreciate you coming on. Luke Hatfield there, journalist covering Aston Villa, but he's also an Aston Villa fan. He went for 1-1. It's now time. I have to ask your score prediction. He's gone for 1-1. I've got a funny feeling. Keep me if I'm wrong. You three might say something different. What makes you think that, Chaz? (laughs) No, no, I'm not sure. Just a feeling. I think Spurs are going to fly out the box. I do believe that... no, one more. <laughs> let, me put in, let me put it in perspective. Because of the way that window has ended, I think everybody's on such a high now. New players coming in, the reinvigoration, hopefully, to the squad. Um, I can see nothing less than a Tottenham win. Obviously, I've got to say that, haven't I? But I, I do generally can only see yeah. anything but a Tottenham win. I think we'll, we'll, I reckon 3 1 Tottenham. Yeah, I want the club to get the music booming Saturday, get everyone really up for it, everyone drinking, you Water. know, spirits high. <laughs> you know, I, I can see us as a a here. coming out the blocks. I'm really excited about this game. I'm going 2-0 Tottenham, Harry Kane, Lucas Moura, job done. Yeah, I, I, I'm also 2-0, 2-0 Spurs, I think. Kane is going to score uh, an opening day goal, which is, can be a bit rare. Love it. Uh, and I think, you know, I've got a lot of time for Villa, but I think Spurs will be too strong. Now, I'm going to go for my prediction. And oh, honestly, here, it's going to be here we go. Here we go. Firstly, let me finish because I'm going to be honest all season, but I tell you what, I'm going to go Spurs 4 0 for this Ooh. game because Aston Villa are my favourites for relegation. I really? believe they've overspent. They've mm. done a, they're going to do a Fulham of last year. Yeah, I think they've completely changed the side, uh, their side. Uh, I don't get this Dean Smith great manager. I think Villa have, you say a great club, I think they've spent money in the wrong areas. I think they're really going to struggle being back up. And I think the gulf between Premiership and Championship, they only just got up. It was a great run towards the end of last season. I think they're going to struggle this year. Do you like the fact about that at 4-0? That means we'll be top already before the season's even started. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) You could be top after after the 5.30 game on Saturday. You never know. I'm not always going to give you a massive convincing win like that. Yeah, we've got Man City the week after. (laughs) Yeah, well, we are going to be talking about the rest of the remaining fixtures for August, September when we come back. And we also might just have a special guest. Love sports.
You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I've been joined by the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, John Wenham, Ed Richardson. We was just talking there to Luke Hatfield, Villa fan. It is, of course, the Premiership kickoff this Saturday. 5.30 kickoff, Spurs v Villa. Seems like we all went for a win in the studio. He said 1-1. You never know, though. You just don't know what's going to happen. We're going to be talking a little bit about the fixtures you've got to come because looking at your first six or so games could be tricky, but Spurs normally good good start, start bright, top of the table after this Saturday, this evening's kickoff. But I'm also delighted to say now we do have Anthony Costa on the line talking a little bit about Spurs. Big Spurs fan. Anthony, we've spoke all evening. The theme of the show has been happy, happy. A great transfer window. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously been two transfer windows uh, over the past couple of seasons, you know, not sign anyone and to sign, you know, four good players this year. I think um I think it's a good sign, good things to come. Um I just wish and Ricky will probably vouch for me that the business would have got done early. Um maybe get a game in or two for the pre season, get them going, you know, so they know what Potch is all about, about the whole training situation and what he wants from the players, but Hey, it's one of them things. Daniel Levy likes a bit of last minute, Levy.com. And <laughs> we just we just see what happens, you know, come Saturday and the rest of the season. And, you know, I'm agreeing with you completely, mate. We were discussing this, God, I mean, throughout the last couple Always. of weeks, how we both wanted the business to be done early. But I think now we look yeah. at it, and, you know, the Chelsea coming in, Sessignon coming in. I know we both desperately wanted Dybala and even mm. Coutinho, yeah. but I think he's, he's still got enough there, hasn't he, to kind of get in by at least to January now with the squad he's got now. Absolutely, Rick. Yeah, completely, mate. Completely agree with you. You know, we've got we've got a bit of depth now. You know, I'm in a I'm on a WhatsApp chat with a, with a bunch of Spurs fans, and you know, they're doing all these different formations and who they're going to play and who they would drop and all that. Personally, for me, you know, we have got some depth now in every position, and that's what we've always been crying out for for the past, you know, two three years since we've you know been in the Champions League. And pleasure to speak to you here, John here from Lily White Rose. Quick, one, hello, mate. John from Lily White Rose. How are you doing? You well, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not good, bad. Good, good, good. What's your lineup for Saturday then? This is this is it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you'd have asked me last season. I would have told you exactly. Um, that could be a good thing, though, can't it, Anthony? It shows you you're strong all over the pitch. Absolutely. You know, last season, as I said, you know, I would have told you the team and you know what they were going to be, who they were going to be playing, and da da da. But now it's just one of them things of who wants it. This, you know, for the start of the season. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't think Chelsea will start. I don't think Cesc will start. I think we're going to keep it as it was last season. Personally, I'd, I'd pick Mora over Ali. Um, that's just me being picky. Um, if you're going for a back three, you know, Vertonghen could play left back now. Do you know what I mean? There was talk to Danny Rose leaving, which I was obviously gutted about if he was to go, but Vertonghen's always played left back. I'd, for me, it will probably be a 3-1-4-2. There's a lot going that, on there yeah. in that formation. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I just, I just think I just think we I just think we need to go, get off to a winning start, mate. Because if we don't, and Ricky will again vouch for me because we've been speaking the past couple of weeks. If we lose on Saturday, then there's going to be meltdowns galore, and we don't need that at this present time. Anthony, would you say that that's true then? Because it's 38 game season. We all know everyone's going to have their ups and their downs. But is it really meltdown after game one? You know what it's like, mate. You know we're, we're the biggest. Cynic fans ever, do you know what I mean? You know, when we, when, when we, it's true, isn't it? No, I'm not Tottenham fans. <laughs> but I'm one of them as well. You know, when we signed Soldado years ago, and you know he come third in the La Liga behind Messi and Ronaldo, I was jumping for joy, saying he's going to kick it off, he's going to be brilliant, and he couldn't hit a barn door. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, I, 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 
I'm not getting too excited just yet. I, I want to be proven wrong. Of course I do. But at this present time, let's get off to a winning start. Let's keep it simple and then, and then just build from there. And, and the big test would be, which always happens with Spurs, is, is the March-April time, you know, when we really have to kick on and, and, and grind out results. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, hi Anthony. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's Ed here. Um, I think I think Hello, I think we need. I think you're right. It, it's important that we get early momentum as we as as you know going into the season. I'm particularly mm. looking at our home fixtures. Um, we we I think we've got a pretty presentable run of home games up until really Christmas. Um, mm. We're not playing anybody in the top six at home. No. I think it's going to be important that we sort of build that momentum. Obviously, the new yeah. stadium is is looking yeah. great, but if we can really make that a bit of a fortress, I think that that will be important. Exactly, exactly. But again, it's beating. You know, we could beat we could beat Man City one week and then lose to Southampton the next. You know what I'm saying? It's all about. We are so inconsistent. It's ridiculous. Last season, we got as you know, we we finished top four by the skin of our teeth. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? And, yeah. You know, yeah. we're all tweeting Arsenal fans thirteen points above you and all that, and mind the gap. But I think this year, I think we need to learn our lesson. I'm not. I'm not going to be start preaching to everyone, but let's let's concentrate on our own business and then. Anyone else, let them concentrate on theirs. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course, there's going to be banter over you know, social media and stuff, but I want us to kick on this year, and I definitely want us a trophy. I, I want a trophy this year. I want to go all out for FA Cup, League Cup, and you know, in, in an ideal world, Champions League, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So the League Cup and FA Cup is, is one I, I definitely want, and, and I don't care if people call it Tim Pot Cups. I think we need, we need to win silverware now, so the players can think, right, OK, this, this is what we're about. We're, we're Spurs and we're going to crack on. And Do you know I, what I mean? I agree 100%, mate. And we've already got that Audi Cup in the bag. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, well, I was yeah, taking a lot yeah, of slack exactly, about that. Yeah. But I was celebrating. I was no. celebrating around my house. So first in, <laughs> let's get a few more in, you know, before this season's out. I agree with you. I would absolutely love to see Hugo and Harry go and lift a big trophy for us at Wembley. I completely agree with you. You know, I mean... I say to Ricky all the time, and you know, again, Ricky will vouch for me. You know, it's all well and good finishing fourth and finishing above Arsenal and da da da. But at the end of the day, look at their trophy cabinet. Do you, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, they can they can take the mick out of us all they want because they go on and win things, and it, and, it, and it pains me to say that. I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, it's horrible, but it's true, isn't it? If, you, if from a football point of view, they go and win things. Do you know what I'm saying? So. It's just, I just want some trophies in that cabinet for Harry Kane and all them people who deservedly so, been at Spurs all them years, and Harry Kane could have gone, do you know what I'm saying, he's, he's stuck by us, and if we don't start winning things, you know, he they might he might go. No, he'll will... never go, surely. He's Tottenham through and through. You don't know. Yeah, so was, you know, so was loads of other Spurs players that, you know, come, come through the ranks, do you know what I'm saying? I, of mm. course, I don't want Harry to go, but... It's not, it's not worth him, you know, playing for a great club like Spurs and going, oh, well, I finished fourth every season above Arsenal mm. and da da da, but I didn't win anything. What's the point in that? No, I do completely agree. It's time for Tottenham it's, to it's win like a trophy. Getting nominated for like Brit Awards year in year out and then not winning anything. What's the point? Yeah, I, I, I think you know we, they say this, don't they? You win one trophy and the floodgates are open. It's that winning mentality, and I think Spurs should really put all their eggs in, in that in a cup run basket this year. And I, I think they've got the players, the stadium, and the talent to do it. Exactly, exactly. And and you know, we look at the Champions League final. You know, of course, I was gutted like anyone else, but I wasn't depressed. I wasn't crying or anything like that. I don't know why, because you know, I've supported Spurs for nearly forty years. You know, since the day I was born. So. 
but I wasn't gutted. I, I was gutted, but I wasn't, you know, devastated. Do you know what I'm saying? It was just a, I was, it was a weird feeling for me because, you know, in in the November of that season, we had one point, and you know, again, we got through because the results went our way. The IX game, the Man City game, it was written in the stars, and we got to the final. Everyone's jumping and dancing, like that, and rightly so. But we went there, and we didn't have a winning mentality. There was no winning mentality. How many finals have we got to? How many semi-finals have we got to? We need Poch needs to install this winning mentality now, and. As much as I think that the signings we've made have been fantastic and, and I can't wait to see them put a Spurs shot on and play, I think we needed one or two people that have won things in that dressing room and everyone would have just been lifted. Like a bail. I'm not saying it for him to come back, but, you know, imagine being, you know, Ryan Sessegnon now and, he, he, and, he's, and he's, his mentor's Gareth Bale, who's gone on from Spurs and won Champions League and won Golden Boots and blah, 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 blah. It makes you a better player. Well, let's hope you do get off to that winning start this weekend. Anthony, really appreciate you for giving us some time on Lost Sport Radio. Anthony Costa there talking a little bit about Spurs going on a run. Also, just want to say then, before we close the show, the two hours has nearly oh, come to an end. I can't by. believe it. Can last say, word on Spurs. Massive thank you to every single person that's called in tonight, that's got in touch via Last Word on Spurs, on the Twitter, on the WhatsApp, on the Patreon. God, guys, you are literally making this show now. I don't know where it's going, but it's going in such a great place. I can't thank you enough. And obviously, Ed coming on the show tonight. Mm, we've, got, we've got a new signings Spurs have got new signings <laughs> we just got to quickly wrap up just in terms of the injuries ahead of the weekend because we've got quite a few and all suspensions as well John just quickly wrap these up that's correct yes obviously Sonny is out for the next two games one Foyfi is out and injured so two at one for, for Foyfi then we've got Wanyama uh, Aurier played no pre-season Dyer. at all Eric Dyer. Um so we're, we're missing a lot of Deli Ali can't play Sessegnon is still injured Deli yeah. Ali so we're missing a lot of players but from pre-season and what I've seen I'm expecting the Spurs win I'm expecting um, Harry Kane to lead the line the three behind him I'm going Ericsson, Lamella Mora um, Tango and Dembele and Winks so that maybe means Soko's on the bench which might be a shock to a few people but I'm going with Winks and Dembele to start that game in a pivot and a two and then Alderweireld Vertonghen Carl Walker-Peters Danny Rose and Hugo Lloris Can I very quickly ask Ed would you have Carl Walker-Peters or Serge Aurier as your right back I know he hasn't played much Aurier what would you do Ed? I think I'd go Carl Walker-Peters. I'm not mm. sure that's what Poch would do because I, I don't think... I think po- Poch has still got some doubts about um, about Kyle. Uh, and, you know, I think he's perhaps a bit too inexperienced. He's made a few mistakes last year. I, myself, am not a massive Serge Aurier fan. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a bit like John, I would have liked to have seen him move on, uh, moved on this window. But, yeah, I, I'd broadly go along with, with John's team. I'm going to do a quick Jason and back the manager. Is that all right, Chas? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine with me, mate. Yeah, nice with the manager has been backed. The transfer window has come to an end. Spurs have signed players. We're happy in this studio. They're going to beat Aston Villa this weekend. The Premiership kicks off. Spurs v Villa. I said 4 0. We'll see you next week on Last Word on Spurs. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.